Have you ever wondered about certain things in the world? Like, why is the sky blue? Or, which did come first, the chicken or the egg? Or, where do unicorns live? Or, why does the rhinoceros have such wrinkly skin? If you haven't seen a picture of a rhinoceros, maybe you can get a grown-up right now to show you a picture and you'll see what I mean. Right, really, really wrinkly skin. Hello everyone, I'm Kathleen Pelly. Welcome to another special bonus episode of Journey with Story. I know it's hard right now for so many of us feeling a little bit discombobulated by having to stay home and not be able to go to school. And so in these discombobulating times, by the way, if you missed my other bonus episodes, you might not know the meaning of this splendid sounding word. So go back now and listen to my first bonus episode and you'll discover its meaning. So, as I was saying, in these days of discombobulation, stories are a great way to cheer us up and connect us to one another. Today's tale tells us how the rhinoceros got that wrinkly skin of his. It's a very famous story written a long time ago by Rudyard Kipling. A few words you may not know. There's a man in this story called a Parsee. That just means someone who originally came from a country that used to be called Persia and then went to live in India. Comestible, that's a piece of food, something to eat. Sloka is just a type of poem. There may be some other unfamiliar words here, but you'll still be able to guess most of them from this story. And there are some place names too that will be new to you, but they are super sounding words, so enjoy. Let's take a journey with How the Rhinoceros Got His Skin. Once upon a time, on an uninhabited island on the shores of the Red Sea, there lived a Parsi, from whose hat the rays of the sun were reflected in more than oriental splendour. And the Parsi lived by the Red Sea, with nothing but his hat and his knife and a cooking stove of the kind that you must particularly never touch. And one day he took flour and water and currants and plums and sugar and things and made himself one cake, which was two feet across and three feet thick. It was indeed a superior comestible. That's magic. And he put it on the stove because he was allowed to cook on the stove. And he baked it and he baked it till it was all done brown and smelt most sentimental. 
But just as he was going to eat it, there came down to the beach from the altogether uninhabited interior one a rhinoceros with a horn on his nose, two piggy eyes and few manners. In those days, the rhinoceros's skin fitted him quite tight. There were no wrinkles in it anywhere. He looked exactly like a Noah's Ark rhinoceros, but of course much bigger. All the same, he had no manners then, and he has no manners now, and he never will have any manners. He said, How? And the Parsi left that cake and climbed to the top of a palm tree with nothing on but his hat, from which the rays of the sun were always reflected in more than oriental splendour. And the rhinoceros upset the oil stove with his nose, and the cake rolled on the sand, and he spiked that cake on the horn of his nose, and he ate it, and he went away waving his tail to the desolate and exclusively uninhabited interior which abuts on the islands of Mazandaran, Socotra and promontories of the larger equinox. Then the Parsi came down from his palm tree and put the stove on its legs and recited the following sloka which... As you have not heard, I will now proceed to relate. Them that takes cakes, which the Parsi man bakes, makes dreadful mistakes. And there was a great deal more in that than you would think, because five weeks later there was a heat wave in the Red Sea, and everybody took off all the clothes they had. The Parsi took off his hat, but the rhinoceros took off his skin and carried it over his shoulder as he came down to the beach to bathe. In those days, it buttoned underneath with three buttons and looked like a waterproof. He said nothing whatever about the Parsi's cake because he had eaten it all and he never had any manners then, since or henceforward. He waddled straight into the water and blew bubbles through his nose, leaving his skin on the beach. Presently the Parsi came by and found the skin, and he smiled, one smile that ran all round his face two times. Then he danced three times round the skin and rubbed his hands. Then he went to his camp and filled his hat with cake crumbs. For the Parsi never ate anything but cake and never swept out his camp. He took that skin and he shook that skin and he scrubbed that skin and he rubbed that skin just as full of old dry stale tickly cake crumbs and some burnt currants as ever it could possibly hold. Then he climbed to the top of his palm tree and he waited for the rhinoceros to come out of the water and put it on. And the rhinoceros did. He buttoned it up with the three buttons and it tickled like cake crumbs in bed. Then he wanted to scratch but that made it worse. And then he lay down on the sands and rolled and rolled and rolled and every time he rolled the cake crumbs tickled him worse and worse and worse. 
Then he ran to the palm tree and rubbed and rubbed and rubbed himself against it. He rubbed so much and so hard that he rubbed his skin into a great fold over his shoulders and another fold underneath where the buttons used to be. But he rubbed the buttons off and he rubbed some more folds over his legs and it spoiled his temper but it didn't make the least difference to the cake crumbs. They were inside his skin and they tickled. So he went home very angry indeed and horribly scratchy. And from that day to this, every rhinoceros has great folds in his skin and a very bad temper, all on account of the cake crumbs inside. But the Parsi came down from his palm tree, wearing his hat, from which the rays of the sun were reflected in more than oriental splendour, packed up his cooking stove, and went away in the direction of Orotavo, Amygdala, the upland meadows of Anantarivo, and the marshes of Sanaput. Poor rhinoceros, must be ever so uncomfortable having cake crumbs under your skin, sort of like having a permanent pebble in your shoe. Do you think that he deserved such a punishment? Or do you think the Parsi was maybe just a little bit too severe? How would you have punished someone who ate your cake, I wonder? I bet you could paint some fabulous pictures from this story. Don't forget, you can send me those if you get your mum and dad to take a photo of them and email them to me. Kathleen at KathleenPelly.com And if you're looking for some more activities to do, you can find a lot on my website, www.KathleenPelly.com Go to Educators and scroll down for activity guides. And let's remember those wise words from my favourite writer-poet, All will be well, all will be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Cheerio then, join me next time for Journey with Stories.